everybody welcome back to the podcast i am your host mandy and as always i want to thank you for listening and being supportive and just appreciating my little show <laughs> um <clears throat> sorry i've got allergies so this is like the umpteenth time i've tried recording this and we're just gonna have to power through so before we get into today's into today's topic we want to thank our sponsor. <laughs> so thank you so much to Alucateco for being a fantastic sponsor and supporting us. If you're following along on Instagram uh, um, at the podcast pod, we did a giveaway recently where we had a bunch of Alucateco swag. So there's stickers and sunglasses and a koozie and little tiny pins. Um, and we are giving that away along with podcast stickers. So the winner is announced over on there, so you can head over there and check it out. Um, but if you're more interested in El Yucateco, um, I would definitely look them up on the internet. <laughs> um, if they're not in your local grocery store, which they should be with all the other hot sauces, then you need to find them online. Um, as part of them sponsoring us, they sent us all amazing um, one bottle of each flavor of hot sauce. And I was lucky because my local stores only have like the red and green kind and once in a while I can find Chipotle. I can't seem to find it anymore. But I was really excited about trying the jalapeno brand. Um, or flavor I guess of the Yucateco brand. Uh, it's lower on the Scoville scale and I was really excited to try it out and taste it. Um, so I got a chance to do that. Um, there's two different ways. so. I tried it in a meatloaf sandwich. There's a local sandwich shop that we get for lunch and it has amazing sandwiches so they had a really great meatloaf one and I thought jalapeno would probably be a good flavor with meatloaf. Um, so I opened up the sandwich and put a couple little drops on and it was amazing. It added a great flavor to it. Um, I love the flavor of jalapenos. I don't really like the heat but I love the flavor. And this was awesome. It did a really great job adding that jalapeno flavor to it um and then i tried it in mac and cheese <laughs> usually chipotle is my go-to for mac and cheese but i decided to try the jalapeno put a couple drops in mixed it in and it was amazing just that flavor that hit just right so i would definitely recommend it um it's probably going to be good on burgers and i'm going to be trying that soon so <laughs> i'll let you know how that goes but i would suggest you head over to el Yucateco's website check them out get some awesome sauces over there awesome sauce <laughs> and enjoy all that they have to offer and pick up some swag while you're there if you weren't the winner of the of the giveaway so thanks again Del Yucateco as well Podbelly our hosting sponsoring network um, you can check out all the other amazing podcasts on there for every kind of thing you could want to listen to um, from changing hearts and minds to art and Jacob do America to the project reclamation everything in between Head over there, check them out as well, podbelly.com. So now we are going to get into today's topic. Um, I live in Thunder Bay. It's right on the shores of Lake Superior. And Lake Superior is one of, well, it's the biggest um, great lake. And it's one of the spookiest as well. Um, it's apparently one of the most haunted lakes in North America. And it's been long said that Lake Superior does not give up her debt. And that may be why some of those ships and shipwrecked people still seem to haunt it. Um, there's been many, many, many shipwrecks. And with those shipwrecks tend to come sightings of ghost ships. Um, ghost ships, ghost people, I guess. And you would think that in a really big lake where there's 
so many bodies that there probably is going to be a high chance of unrest of the dead, as it were. Um, some people say that the ghost ships being sighted are actually lighthouses seen through the fog, but I mean, maybe, maybe not, you know, we'll get into that. Um, but there's definitely no mistaking that, you know, there's a big spooky history of many, many shipwrecks in Lake Superior. So in the Great Lakes in total, there is over 6,000 shipwrecks, um, approximately, having caused an estimated loss of 30,000 people. Um, it's estimated that about 550 of those wrecks are in Lake Superior, and many of those wrecks are undiscovered. They, they wrecked and no one knows what happened to them. They're never seen again, basically. And at least 200 of these lie in Lake Superior's Shipwreck Coast, which is a really treacherous stretch um, between Minnesine, Michigan and Whitefish Point. And Whitefish Point is famously the last resting place of Edmund Fitzgerald, um, which is like the most famous shipwreck in Lake Superior. And there's a song, you know, written about it, so it's kind of a big deal. Um, but it's figured that the reason there's so many shipwrecks in this area is because there's no real like natural harbors for ships to hide in if there's a storm. There's no place for them to take cover. Um, sort of pull pull off to the side, I guess, as it were. Pull over to the shore. And so it's just a really open strip of, of you know, lake where there's nowhere to really hide. And the other big issue is that Lake Superior specifically behaves more like a small ocean than a lake. So the way that it acts with storms and waves and such is more more in line with like an ocean than a lake. Um, there's a phenomenon known as Three Sisters and it's a series of waves um, and this is said to be one of the main factors in a lot of shipwrecks on the lake. So you get a series of three waves. Um, the second wave actually hits the ship's deck before the first wave even clears and then third incoming wave adds to the two first waves and suddenly overloads the ship with tons of water. And that's the theory that, you know, was one of the reasons it caused the Edmund Fitzgerald to sink, but it probably caused a lot of other shipwrecks as well. It's one of the big, the big things for it. And I've watched a few shows on Discovery where it's kind of cool. They go through and like, um, they go through and show like the waves and the wave tank and it's just amazing to see like the one and then the next and then the third one and just how they hit in succession and you can totally see how that would completely overwhelm a ship um never mind in the ocean but in great lakes so there's a lot of spookiness in in the mysterious of water and waves and storms and there's a bunch of famous shipwrecks that were lost you know that happened in lake superior so I'm going to go through some of those, including the Edmund Fitzgerald, but just to sort of go through how, you know, treacherous um, Lake Superior is. So the first one we're going to talk about is SS Bannockburn, aka the Flying Dutchman of Lake Superior. It was a Canadian steel-hulled freighter that disappeared on November 21st, 1902. Its loss is one of the biggest mysteries in Lake Superior because there's no trace of the missing vessel ever to have been discovered. Since the disappearance, many soldiers have claimed to seeing her running without lights during stormy weather. So it's probably one of the ones that's the most well-known ghost ships. Um, the one that's seen the most on, on Lake Superior. The ship was lost in the middle of the lake and all 21 people on board had lost their lives. Um, it was on its way from Port Arthur, which is 
you know, where um, Thunder Bay was. So Thunder Bay used to be like two cities, Port Arthur and Fort William, and is pretty, you know, central green hub on the lake. So the ship was on the way from Port Arthur to Sault Ste. Marie with a load of wheat, but disappeared without a trace sometime after 11 p.m. on November 21st. And the thing about the Bannockburn is that it actually had two major incidents before it sank. So, you know, I think before it actually finally sank, there was two times where it could have almost sank. Um, in April 1897, the ship ran aground on rocks near Snake Island Light. And even though no lives were lost, it was badly damaged. And then several months later in October 1897, on the way to Kingston carrying grain, it struck a wall in the Welland Canal and took nine feet of water. So you think before, you know, November 1902, there was two times where it almost sank. And then actually, on the day before the final voyage, the ship ran aground shortly leaving after Fort William, which is the other half of Thunder Bay, and turned back to port. They said that there was no apparent damage, so they decided to continue on the journey. The ship was later spotted by the famous Captain James McMah of the Algonquin, who said that the Bannockburn was approximately 80 miles off Kiwani Point, which is and 40 miles off Isle, Isle Royale, which is a big island in the lake. And later that night, a strong winter storm began on Lake Superior, and the Bannockburn was spotted at about 11 p.m. by the passenger steamer Huronic, and then never seen again. On November 30th, the ship was declared lost. So they have a period of time, I guess, where they try and look for the ship, you know, to make sure to see if they can actually find it. Maybe it's just drifting somewhere. And then I guess if they can't find it, then they declare it lost. <laughs> However, this doesn't mean that, you know, that was the last time it was actually seen supposedly, because there's been several ghost sightings of it. Um, I guess the ship had a very identifiable profile for a ship, and that has caused to a lot of sightings where they say that, you know, the people have said they definitely see the ship. Um, one story was of an ore freighter, and shortly after World War II, the crew was said to have seen the Bannockburn just 100 yards away coming straight at them, and the captain tried to put some distance between them and the Bannockburn and steered to the northeast. The Bannockburn went past safely, only to run aground and disappear. If the captain hadn't changed course, the ship could have easily been destroyed on the rocks. So, there's uh, there's one of the ghost, <laughs> ghost sightings of it. So, that's the first one. And I think, you know, a lot of these are in the States, but it's kind of cool that one, you know, came from my town. <laughs> And then disappeared, I guess. Um, so the next one is the SS Western Reserve. It was a propeller ship that was lost in or on August 30th, 1892, off of Deer Park, Michigan. Um, the, the freighter was one of the first lake freighters, was made out of steel plate. And out of the 27 people on board, only one man survived, wheelsman Harry Stewart, who managed to make land on a desolate stretch of shoreline between Grand Marais and Deer Park, and Grand Marais is in Minnesota, and it's about, I don't know, an hour south of me, so pretty close again. Um, at the time of the incident, the ship was heading to Two Harbors, Minnesota, for a load of iron ore, which again, Two Harbors is pretty close, it's about two hours south of me. During a relatively mild gale, it broke in two and sank. Stewart's report of the ship's metal fatigue led to the conclusion that the Western Reserve had been improperly built using brittle steel contaminated with phosphorus and sulfur. The loss was due to hull failure 
caused a great deal of controversy and ultimately led to the creation of new laws for the testing of steel used in shipbuilding. So, I mean, at least something good and proactive came out of it. The owner of the ship, um, the famous financer Peter Minch, was on board the ship with his family when it went down. And strangely, Captain Trudell of the Great Lakes Life Saving Service dreamed about the incident in great detail before it happened. And as a matter of fact, he dreamed in such great detail that he recognized the body of Peter Minch when found when it washed up on shore. The ship still makes ghostly appearances around the Deer Lake area, and that's specifically where Lake Superior produces some of the, the biggest waves. And it is said that on warm, calm nights, the sounds of voices and laughter can be heard across the waves. So there's another spooky one. And it's kind of weird with like, you know, someone dreaming about the accident before it happens. So there's always weird little connections with a lot of these shipwrecks on Lake Superior. I have to apologize again if I'm sniffling and sound stuffed up. There's nothing I can do about allergies this year. I am trying my best and I'm doing what I can. <laughs> so the next one is the Hudson. It was uh, also a propeller ship that sank near Kiwani Point on September 16th, 1901. And it was carrying flax and wheat. So a lot of these, you know, are carrying wheat and grain from the area. And this was in an outbound trip from Duluth. So Duluth is about three, four hour drive south of me. Um, the ship was built in 1888 in Detroit and was one of the most recognizable ships on the Great Lakes. And when it capsized, it was in a terrific gale storm and they figure that the cargo probably shifted as flax is especially prone to shift and it was never seen from again. This one also has a legend. <laughs> Allegedly a tugboat captain and his mate were near Kiwani Point on September 16th, sometime in the late 1940s, when they saw a rusty ship covered in brown slime heading directly for them. The tug captain managed to avoid the crash and supposedly boarded the ship to see that, see if it was in distress to see, you know, what why it was coming right for them and why it was all, I guess, sort of rusty and beat up looking. And they said that he was greeted by apparitions of the Hudson's helmsman and captain. They proceeded to explain to the tug captain that the crew and ship were damned to relive the sinking of the ship each year on September 16th. The warning <laughs> told him to get off the ship and he leaped from the ship and swam back to the tugboat in icy frigid waters. So it's kind of like a, a ship of the damned one there where the, for some reason they're reliving the crash over and over, um, which is kind of odd. So there's probably more spooky spookiness to that one. Um, the next shipwreck is the SS Harry B. Smith. This is, again, um, a steel-hulled freighter, and it was lost near Marquette, Michigan on November 9th or 10th, 1913, during another one of the Great Lakes storms. Um, this one was actually called the Great Lakes Storm, and it was one of the biggest storms ever recorded on the Great Lakes. This boat was an, on an outbound trip to Cleveland carrying iron ore, and all 25 people on board sank, um, or died when it sank. <laughs> after the ship vanished, it became highly sought after ghost wreck of the century. Um, the shipwreck of the SS Harry Vesis was finally found in 2013, 100 years after it disappeared in 500 feet of water off the shore of Marquette. So this is one of the ones that actually was recovered, or I guess found. They found the shipwreck of it. Maybe not recovered, but they found it in nowhere where it ended up. 
The next one is the SS Emperor. This was an enormous steel ore steamer and it sank during a storm in 1947, taking down all 12 people on board, including the captain and the first mate. And at the time of the launch in 1910, it was the largest Canadian freighter ever built. So the thing I've noticing with these, and as I was doing research and going through is a lot of these are like supposedly these huge big ships, but they only have like 10 or 20 people on board. So, you know, it's not a very high number and I would have thought that there would be more people on a giant freighter crew, but maybe, maybe there isn't. And maybe I just don't know know much about boats. So this one actually left Thunder Bay on June 3rd, 1947, carrying iron ore. Um, at midnight, the captain turned over to the ship, turned the ship over to the first mate. And because the first mate had been in charge with loading the cargo only a few hours earlier, it was probable that they were suffering from fatigue. Um, and that led to the failure to notice the air in the ship's heading. The Emperor ran aground on the north side of Canoe Rocks at 5.15 on June 4th. This wreck is popular among divers because it's one that they actually know where it is. And sometimes they tell strange stories of their excursions. Um, in 1988, one driver diver <laughs> reported seeing the ghost of a crewman lying back in his bunk. And another one said to come across a ghostly crewman working in the engine room while other divers have reported hearing engine noises. So this is one where they know where it is and there's spookiness to the wreck itself or to how they found it. Um, So there's not just ghost ships on top of the water, there's ghost ships under the water in the wrecks. So the next one is the SS Kamloops, and it was a freighter that was part of the fleet of Canada's steamship lines, and it sank December 7th, 1927, three years after its launch. All 22 people on board disappeared with the ship, and it was last seen December 6th heading towards Isle Royale, heavily coated in ice. Over the next 50 years, SS Kamloops was considered one of the ghost ships that had been haunting the Great Lakes. The shipwreck was finally found on August 21st, 1977, northwest of Isle Royale, by a group of divers. The cause of the ship sinking is still a mystery. And this shipwreck was known, I guess, for its ghost stories. So some divers reported that a resident, (laughs) that its permanent resident, a preserved body in the engine room, referred to as Grandpa, followed them around the engine room and the boat. Um, could it just be the water currents with a creepy atmosphere? Was they actually being followed around by someone? Who knows? Um, it makes me wonder though, if there's a preserved body in there, why don't they bring it up? Maybe they did. (laughs) So that's, that's another spooky one for you. And the last one is the famous SS Edmund Fitzgerald. It's the largest ship to ever sink on the Great Lakes. Um, in terms of size, it was a massive 729 feet and it was launched in on June 7th, 1958 and it was the largest ship on the Great Lakes. It sank November 10th, 1975 and the entire crew of 29 people went down with the ship. The ship was a workhouse for 17 years, carrying iron ore from mines near Duluth to Detroit and Toledo and other parts along the Great Lakes and it set seasonal haul records six times breaking his own previous records in the process. She started her final voyage from Superior, Wisconsin on November 9th, 1975. By the next day, the Edmund Fitzgerald was caught in a severe storm 
with near hurricane force winds and waves over 30 feet high. It sank after shortly after 7:10 p.m., about 17 miles from Whitefish Bay in Canadian waters, near the twin cities of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. No distress signal was ever sent. The wreck was found four days later on November 14, 1975, and the ship was supposedly sighted by a commercial vessel 10 years later. So that's one of the sightings, <laughs> the, the ghost ship sightings on Lake Superior. So there you have it. There's a whole a whole slew of, of ghost ships and spooky shipwrecks on Lake Superior. And, you know, I could definitely testify that being right on the lake, so our marina's right on there, and a lot of people have their camps and stuff around Lake Superior here, that when storms roll through, they are a pretty big deal. You can see the storms rolling across the lake. It is like looking out at an ocean. Huge black clouds rolling through. You can see the winds and the rain. And it definitely seems like it's probably you know, it's going to be a nightmare on, on the lake during. So I can't imagine some of these bigger boats getting caught in the, you know, these huge hurricane-like storms or ones that are called like the greatest storm on great, on the great lakes, or just being caught up with the, the three waves that come and crash, you know, and overwhelm the ship and you can't do anything about it. So it's, it's some of the spooky, um, it doesn't really give up its dead and all these people being lost they probably never recover the bodies i mean you recover the shipwreck but the bodies are long gone so hopefully those souls are at rest although those ones seem to say they keep having to repeat the shipwreck over and over um but hopefully they're at rest in peace in their watery graves on lake superior <laughs> so Again, um, I want to thank El Yucateco and Podbelly and for all those that were following along on the podcast pod on Instagram, following the giveaway. So head over there, find out who the winner was and be sure to, to check out the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast apps. Just look for the podcast and as well, the Podbelly Network. Check them out at podbelly.com on the internet for all your podcast needs and wants and you can find my shop at shop.littlegeekloss.com with all my fun t-shirts as well as everything else you know for me at littlegeekloss.com on the internet 